Welcome back, guys. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 63. Guys, if you missed our last episode, our interview with Jackson Malone, aka JEM Live, you guys should t- check that out immediately. We talk all the things like Urban's kicking of Josh Lambeau. We talk pretenders and contenders. Uh, we talk Patriots bills. A lot of great stuff, a lot of great content there. Overall, really great interview. Really great guy. You should go show love to his channel. How long has it been? How long has it been since we've kind of had this opportunity to talk? So, just a little life update. My sister got married on Friday. So, Logan and Reed, if you're listening to this, congratulations. It is awesome. It was an awesome weekend, but it was also one of the most tiring weekends of my life. So, I took a little bit of a break. I didn't want to really talk about football or anything like that because, honestly, I didn't watch a lot. I was sleeping a lot. So, I had to really get in when I could and talk about what I could. There's obviously plenty to discuss. There's always something to bring to the table. There's always a discussion to be had. Today we're going to talk about the AFC East. We're going to talk about the playoff picture in general, just some general topics, revisit them, see how I viewed them, I was right, where I was wrong. That'll be a section. Um, We're going to talk the Omicron virus, uh, the new variant that has taken over the sports world, how that's going to impact things moving forward. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and how my take was absolutely wrong. And it's actually kind of exciting to see. So we're just going to really get right into it. But first, I want to talk about the podcast plan. So if you're listening to this, the podcast for episode 63 should drop Thursday morning before I had to go get a test before because of all this stuff, wedding exposure. A lot of crazy things have happened, so I need to make sure that I'm not negative so we can go on our vacation next week. Um, but expect the podcast, so you have one today, you're listening to it right now, or on the weekend, whenever you choose to, unless you're doing like a marathon, which, guys, I hear that you are doing marathon stuff, that's awesome, keep that up, I mean, just, it makes me so happy, makes the show, keep, keeps it alive, keeps things going, keeps things moving, a lot of great stuff, but then expect the podcast around Monday, I'm going to be leaving for Orlando to go to Disney and the cheez bowl go Tigers, on Monday morning, so expect the podcast around then. We'll do a Sunday night recap and preview the college football playoff, and I'm hoping to do more of a mailbag type episode to get things updating, kind of get back into the swing of things because I'll be gone for the week. But let's talk about the AFC East. So as you guys know, I'm going to take you guys back to 2020. So Tom Brady announces that he's going to leave for the New England Patriots. We all know this. We all know that's the storyline. And so we kind of do... you. You get to a new job, you get to a new business, you get to a new school, a new college, you kind of make a roadmap of how things are expected to go. Your expectations versus reality. We see that meme a lot on TikTok and Instagram of, oh, I had this big expectation for this movie. Reality was kind of stinky. Uh, Or expectations for Spider-Man, No Way Home. I kind of expected these guys to be in the movie and these guys not to be in the movie. And it was a whole, oh my gosh, all this other stuff, a lot of emotions. I had to be careful there not to spoil the movie to anyone that has not seen it yet. But we all have these expectations and we have the reality set in. So you signed Cam Newton as a quarterback for the New England Patriots. And we have this expectation on how things are going to go. We think that it's going to go one way and that New England's going to be in this process for a while. They're going to have to compete with Josh Allen, who is one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. 
electric, great playmaker. He's got a great roster. Sean McDermott, fantastic defense. A lot of really great things that we thought we knew. What was our expectation? That Buffalo would dominate the AFC East. It was their time to move forward. And we really got that for the first year. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, they went to the AFC Championship game, played Kansas City. Now, they didn't play them particularly well, but they were one game away from the Super Bowl, which in that evolution, that step, that process, that's right where Buffalo wanted to be. So you take that expectation and you put it into next year. It's 2021. The Patriots have either Cam Newton or Mac Jones, their rookie quarterback. You have an expectation. They'll be fine. They've had this big roster revamp. They spend unbelievable amount of money in free agency. And your expectation is the New England will compete. Sure. They could split with Buffalo. Sure. But this is still Buffalo's division. Josh Allen's probably going to be an MVP frontrunner, could potentially be a candidate for it. Take that next step, our expectation. And what was reality? Buffalo is 8-6. and six. New England is 9-5. and five. And in the biggest game of the year this Sunday, New England-Buffalo played for the AFC East. And we had two weeks ago, again, New England with a rookie quarterback. Our expectation was, this is still Buffalo's division. New England may compete, they may have a close game, but they're not necessarily ready for things to happen. And so, when New England gets well, they, they played the Colts on Saturday, your expectation was they're going to keep rolling. They're going to keep going, have this focus, Bill Belichick, Coach of the Year, Super Bowl team, all this stuff, and they get smacked. Physically dominated by a really good Colts team that even if they don't win their division, they are a wild card dark horse that could cause a lot of problems for whoever they play in the playoffs. Just depends on location, environment, stuff like that. But I think our expectation moving forward is, oh, New England's finally gotten their loss. Let's see how that affects them. And I think the reality of it is, is that it's actually a good thing. Now, I, you're going to go, wait, okay, Grayson. I just want to hear that right. You just said a loss is a good thing. Now, hear me out. I think that sometimes you get very successful at certain things. You start to have a routine. You start to expect, like we said again, expectations versus reality. You start to expect how things are supposed to go. You get a uh, mindset of how you prepare for something, and then you see how it just turns out. Like, let's say you drive down the same road every day, you have like you're going from your apartment to your first class at 8 a.m. and you have the same traffic loop. We say, okay, if I leave at 7:50, I'm going to expect the school bus to stop me on the way to class, and I could be late. But if I leave at 7:40, I know that I have plenty of time. There's going to be no traffic because it's very early in the morning. You have that expectation. You have that pre. It almost becomes muscle memory. So I think for New England, and I think that with such a young team, not everyone's used to the quote-unquote patriot way. You get teams that are in a mindset. They go, okay, we'll just go on here. Two and four mindset. We'll pretty much play it like we always do. And I think New England faced their first roadblock. And not to say that they're not going to be a bad team. They're going to fall apart. But I think it's a good thing, and especially for a Belichick coach team, to remind them the basics. Go back to the basics. Go back to the drawing board. This thing, These things happen, guys. We go on the road. We get out-competed. We get physically out-beat, physically out all this stuff. I think it's a really good thing for Mac Jones to get that focus. He didn't have the best of games, but they responded really well. And they were a Jonathan Taylor touchdown away from being able to potentially tie it up. Now, whether they could have won that on that on that kind of drive, we don't know. But still, 
that focus, that extra added focus. I, I love when you are in a class and you do really well in the homeworks and you go, okay, I know what I'm doing here. I might not study as much for this test. And then the test comes and you get 65 or something and you go, oh my God. Okay, I need to go back and need to refocus. Maybe I need to make a note card or two about this potential topic. Or maybe I need to make a uh, study group and really prepare more. These things are really good for young teams like New England and teams who have a lot of new faces. They can regroup and they can figure things out in a new way. It's not like they just lost in week 18 and they have to refocus like that. They can use these next couple weeks. They play Jacksonville, a team that's going through so much turmoil right now. They have a team in Miami who they're going to be looking for revenge. They have a team in Buffalo, the biggest game of the year at home in Gillette Stadium. They took care of business in Buffalo. Now you can really see how does this team respond to a loss like this? How are they emotionally mature? There's going to be a lot of interesting headlines and topics to really dive into after that New England game. And if the Saints end up beating the Dolphins, New England is back. And excuse me, I just elbowed the closet door. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> but you can really see that if New England wins on Sunday and Miami loses, the AFC's championship is theirs. And in a year where they had to go through Cam Newton, went 7-9, COVID, all this stuff, they're back. And that's crazy. Not to say the Buffalo's not a good football team, and they could be a problem if they make the playoffs. It's just that the AFC is so tight right now. It is so close. There's a lot of teams with 7-8 wins, all waiting for one team to slip up so they can get their chance to get in. Alright, so I want to talk for a second. Not a lot, and usually with this stuff, I don't really like talking about. Because, well, it's not really the most positive thing, but it's news, it's happening. So... Omicron has taken over the NFL and sports in general. A lot of people are testing positive for this new strand of the virus. And a lot of steps and precautions were taken this year to kind of avoid that. And it was mostly smooth sailing for a long time. And you have this new strand that's highly transmissible. A lot of just now, no matter what you think about this, this isn't going to be me saying one thing or the other. So I just want to make that absolutely clear. This is just how much it's impacted this late. Now, if it, this was the strand that was during week two, we'd be like, oh, we'll get through this, and then by the time playoffs roll around, teams will kind of get themselves figured out. But this late in the year, let's say that Mac Jones tests positive and he has to sit out for a couple weeks. This could screw the New England playoffs, their, play, their playoff chances. Or Jonathan Taylor gets COVID. Or, in the Chiefs' case, Tyreek Hill has gotten COVID. How does that affect their passing offense? There's a lot of different scenarios here. And I think it's very fascinating how it's all kind of come together in the worst possible time. Because three weeks till the playoffs, you have the NHL who shut down. Basketball is having to deal with it in their own unique way. And I think the NFL's plan is great. They're just trying to figure things out. They're just trying to get things figured out. I just wanted to bring it up just because it's so weird and fascinating at the same time. Because the coaching is going to take a lot of press in here. The game plans, the culture, the strategy. There's so much that you have to kind of work around. It's like you go on this path on Google Maps, and then all of a sudden it takes you off this random highway exit, and you've got like a 30-minute detour. So it's really interesting and fascinating how this will all get worked out. It's a long, It's been a long time since we've had to worry about rescheduling of games. I mean, we had Tuesday night football. It was great. I loved it. More football is great for us, but I don't think for the players. They're kind of like, guys, short week here. It's not ideal. It really isn't. <laughs> but like I said, it's just something to think about, something to be brought up. So when I return and get back, we're going to talk about playoff storylines and teams. 
where I was right and where I was wrong. Shortly after this, we'll be taking a break. This is the Man with the Plan podcast. You guys take care. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 63. 63 episodes, guys. Can you believe it? I certainly can. We were so close to 4,000 listeners. So, guys, spread the word on this show. Tell your friends, families, pets, dogs, cats, snakes, rabbits, whoever wants to listen to the show. Get them involved. Get them involved as quick as you can. Let's get the show growing and keep it rolling. Love it. Love it. Love it. Lots more to cover. Now, this is more going to be hopefully a less organized uh, thing. Some takes you probably have never heard of. Some takes you probably have me say. So, whether you're my friend that you've talked sports with me before or just a general thing on the show, we're going to do kind of like a similar to like a right-wrong type thing. We're going to start with something I was wrong with, which was the Kansas City Chiefs. And we said on the uh, interview with uh, Jackson that boring is taking over. Now, what I mean by that is... You take a team like Kansas City that normally you hear, when you hear Kansas City, what do you associate with? You associate the words fireworks, explosive, high octane, a lot of really passionate explosive words to describe that offense that makes a lot of plays and a lot of plays very fast. So with a Kansas City team that starts to struggle, you have someone like me who starts to see maybe this team isn't that good anymore. Maybe this team's not really as good as they think they are. And in their last, their, their winning streak, I was very skeptical because they played a Cowboys team that was filled with injuries. They played a um, they played a Packers team that had Jordan Love, and I was like, all right, guys, this really isn't that impressive. The Kansas State Chiefs, I, was, I wasn't really sure. And I, lost, I watched their last two games, and their first one was against the Raiders, and still that made me very skeptical, where the Raiders went out and stepped on their logo like a bunch of idiots. Why, why do you do that? Why, why do we step on logos anymore? And they went out and trounced them. And usually Mahomes trounces the Raiders anyways, but this was a butt-kicking. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my god, poor Hunter Renfro. <laughs> but they went and played the Chargers. And the Chargers, who are a really good team on their best day, they won in overtime. They were able to get out of this little funk. And they were able to put together really good drives. Mahomes was electric in overtime. Now I wonder, I remember when Kansas City fans were a little upset that their quarterback didn't get a chance in overtime, but a certain Justin Herbert didn't. But anyways, anyways, anyways. The Chiefs look fantastic. And it's not because they're making these 75-yard bomb plays. They're getting pick sixes and fumbles like in Madden all the time. They're winning by being boring. They're winning by Mahomes taking what the defense is giving him. They're winning because they're it's Andy Reid saying, Patrick, I don't need you to win the game for me every single play. I just need you to take this drive we can go 14, 13 plays, and it's completely fine. We'll give the ball to our running backs. We'll give the ball to our receivers. Let them work in space. Tyreek Kill is really great at just catching the ball at five yards and turning into a 35-yard play. Travis Kelsey is really good. All their, these receivers are really good at getting the ball and making something out of nothing. So Mahomes, using the arm that he has, which is unbelievable, you can give him a quick little out route, quick little screen, and they can make it happen. Boring works. You can have these simple throws. That's why the Patriots are so successful this year because they're boring with Mac Jones. If you're a football fan that wants Mac Jones to run for 75 yards like Lamar Jackson, that's just not what that's not what is not what's going to happen. They're going to win 
with efficiency. They're going to win with a solid game plan. They're not going to do anything that's going to blow you off the charts, but they're going to win and they're going to do it well. And that's what the Chiefs are starting to become. And if they can get the one seed and play in an arrowhead and the Super Bowl has to go through them, that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous formula for the rest of the NFL. Now, something that I'm really happy about, something that I was right about earlier, is that the Philadelphia Eagles are back on track. Now, you're, I hear you I hear you saying, oh, it was Garrett Gilbert and this practice squad Washington football team that the Eagles just beat. But in Nick Sirianni's first year, where in his first press conference, he was like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. You're really happy to see them at 7-7, seven and seven, right where they want to be. They're in the mix of the playoffs. And I said... With this schedule that Philadelphia has, they have a unique opportunity to be able to make the playoffs. And in an NFC where the probably the eight seeds probably going to be nine and eight or ten and seven, Philadelphia has put themselves in a very fantastic position. And I said about three weeks ago, Philadelphia knows what they are. They're a running football team. Jalen Hurts is getting better at throwing the football. Their defense is making plays. This is a team that could be a problem in the playoffs, especially in a cold environment like Lambeau or an environment like Tampa Bay, who's starting to lose players if they can run the ball efficiently and run it well and keep these offenses like Dak Prescott's offense, Aaron Rodgers' offense, Tom Brady off the field, they could be dangerous. Not saying that they're talented like a Dallas or a Green Bay or a Tampa Bay or maybe an even L.A. or Arizona, but they definitely have a formula that works and something we've seen before. And something else I want to point out on is Arthur Smith. Now, necessarily, we didn't really talk about Atlanta because Atlanta is not really a generational headlines thing. So, Atlanta fans, I'm sorry. But Arthur Smith has done something really well with this team. They're very, and I know they just got trounced by San Francisco, but in my mind, San Francisco's a really bad matchup. If your roster is not on the same par, usually you can outwork it with game plans and stuff like that. But it reminded me of when New England went in there and they didn't really just have, they did not have a really great roster. And they got smacked by San Francisco and it was at home too. And Jimmy Garoppolo just made simple throws. They just ran down their throat. That Atlanta game reminded me of it. But Arthur Smith is taking them in such a direction that I did not really expect in the first year. With the roster that is really bottom of the NFL, Matt Ryan aging, does not really look the same. Having an efficient year, and Cordell Patterson certainly helps. This team with Calvin Ridley, I believe, would have a couple extra wins on the board. He's hopefully fighting his demons, whatever is going on there. But this is a team that's in the right direction that will be competing in the playoffs very, very soon. Something that you really need to look out for. And something else that I wanted to point out is I said on the podcast with Jackson is that Arizona is not competing for a Super Bowl this year. This team is falling apart. And yes, part of it is without DeAndre Hopkins. And yes, I know there's a lot of, a lot of circumstances, but this team just doesn't really have the pieces right now. They lost J.J. Watt. They lost DeAndre Hopkins. This team is talented. They could win a playoff game, but I do really don't see them winning four straight and going to a Super Bowl because this is going to be a wild card situation. I, I honestly think LA is going to win the division because I think Arizona is going to drop a game to Dallas when it comes down to it. And we're really going to talk about those Rams real quick. Whew, those guys look good. Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, who could break Calvin Johnson's record. I know, granted, in a shorter time, and a longer time than Calvin, but what a team they are. They're really fun to watch. They have a lot of complimenting pieces. Jalen Ramsey makes it really easy for Aaron Donald and Von Miller, who got his first sack yesterday as a Ram, which is really cool to see, and it's really odd at the same time. But there's a lot of just 
circumstances with LA that they are a perfect team that can make a really a surefire run no matter if they have to go on the road or if they get to play in LA for a couple games and it's their Super Bowl it'll be the one to host if they end up pulling it out but uh, guys that'll do it for our show today it's going to be a little shorter than usual just because of all that's happened and all that's going on but nonetheless I hope you guys enjoyed it um keep on the lookout for a podcast on Monday I'm going to send out something on my Instagram to see what you guys want me to answer for terms of questions I'll put out, but I'm really excited to do that with you guys on Sunday night when we uh, make another podcast. But as always, guys, stay safe, especially in these times. You guys have a great weekend and a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you guys or to whatever you celebrate. Have a fantastic weekend, and as always, take care.